0: They are ancient words. The average Christian prays them every week in worship, and perhaps you pray them on your own. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The words roll out with rhythm, like they have been written on our hearts from the beginning of time. They are spoken in every language, sung to many tunes. This Lent, at Second Presbyterian Church, we're taking our time with the Lord's Prayer, breaking it down week by week in a sermon series called Pray Then in This Way. May this experience help you more fully embrace the prayer we already love. Please pray with me. Into the wilderness of our lives, O Lord, break through the uncertainty and confusion with a moment of clarity, grace, and understanding. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts and minds be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes from the Old Testament book of Exodus. We find God's people in the wilderness with Moses. This story is about how God provides. Hear these words from Exodus 16, verses 13 through 15. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp, In the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Jesus said, Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On Friday morning, I took our daughter Eleanor on a walk around Raleigh Court. If you haven't been on a walk with a toddler lately, you should, as long as that toddler can keep a safe six-foot distance from everyone else with the same idea. Eleanor notices and gets excited about the most mundane things, and it is the absolute best. She gets excited about weeds in bloom, about garbage trucks rolling by, and most of all, on this particular walk, yellow school buses. Here in Roanoke, like the rest of the country, our schools are closed. But our school buses are still in service. Eleanor and I waved as bus driver after driver pulled past us. They were doing the important work of feeding the children in our city. For so many children, the two meals they receive at school each day or it mean the difference between getting the food they need for healthy development and going to bed hungry. This past week, Roanoke City Public Schools delivered nearly 50,000 meals to children in our city. It's incredible. Give us this day our daily bread. When I was a child, I believed in a transactional God. I thought that if I prayed hard enough, specifically enough, then God would hear and give me what I wanted. Once I prayed for a snow day. I got a whole snow week. That's saying a lot for a kid in South Carolina. I believed that fervent prayer could ward off car accidents, heal diseases, and stop the bad guys. But then I grew up, and I realized that some diseases didn't get better. Car accidents happened, and the bad guys didn't always get caught. Now, some traditions would tell me that these prayers didn't get answered because I didn't pray hard enough, or that God heard my prayer, but God's answer was no. I've never been fully satisfied with either of these answers. There have been times in my life when prayer has been excruciatingly hard. When you pray, pray then in this way, Jesus says. When you pray. Jesus is assuming that prayer is a part of his disciples' daily life. He doesn't say if you pray, but when. Prayer is a practice that ought to be so intrinsic that Jesus just as well may have said, when you breathe, when you blink, when your heart beats. In those seasons when it has been hard for me to pray, the best advice I ever received was to pray anyway. Talk to God anyway. Today's passage from Matthew marks a shift in the Lord's Prayer. The prayer has six petitions. The first three pray for the advancement of God and God's work. We pray for God's holiness, God's will, and God's kingdom. The next three petitions center around our human needs, for our food, our forgiveness, our deliverance. And they're hinged in the middle with the phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. Eugene Peterson explains that this is because prayer has its source in heaven, the home country, so to speak, of God, but the action takes place here on earth, in our home country. The prayer we're studying this Lent, the Lord's Prayer, is deeply personal. Prayer in general is personal. God is emphatically personal. The Psalms is a collection of personal prayers sometimes so deeply personal that they make us cringe or wonder if they should be said aloud. And so in Jesus, we learn that God wants us to be honest. And if we're honest, we have needs. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Now Jesus would have prayed these words in Aramaic. The gospel writer recorded them in Koine Greek. We read them in modern English. Something is always lost in translation. But a long time ago, some scholars thought the best way to translate part of this phrase was to read it as daily bread. The word that gets translated daily, give us this day our daily bread, is actually really hard to translate. It appears in only two places in the whole Bible, here in Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer, and then in Luke, in his version of the Lord's Prayer. In Greek, The actual word is really a compound word. So the first part is a preposition that can mean on, above, after, over, among, around, beside, beyond. And the second part of the word can mean something like the English word for stuff or thing, ordinary thing. But it can also mean being or essence or substance. See why it's hard to translate? Some early Christians translated it, give us this day our super substantial bread, or our bread beyond bread, or our super spiritual bread. Other Christians took it in the opposite direction and translated it, give us this day our daily, ordinary, everyday bread. And it's the second path that eventually led to the word daily even though there is an actual Greek word for daily that appears all over the New Testament, and this is clearly a different word. So which interpretation is right? Super spiritual bread or ordinary lying around bread? I don't know. A good Presbyterian education taught me that sometimes all an education can give you is the ability to ask the right questions. Mulling over this text, I was drawn to one of the board books that sits on Eleanor's bedside table. God's Big Plan by Elizabeth Caldwell and Theodore Hybert talks about how God made people different because God wanted us to all be different. And there's a whole two-page spread devoted to different ways people around the world eat and different breads people around the world eat. Pan dulce, whole wheat, challah, naan, pita, baguette. Bread can be found pretty much the whole world over. It's a food that many of us take for granted. In a privileged culture like ours, it is a side dish, what holds meat, cheese, lettuce, and tomato together, or what the restaurant serves you to tide you over till the main dish arrives. It is ordinary. And then I consider: well, we are flesh and blood creatures. We need bread, food, in order to live. We are souls destined for eternity, but these are souls embodied with digestive systems. If we don't eat, we won't pray. And In that sense, it is the means to a pretty important end. It is ordinary. It is super spiritual. Give us this day our daily bread. If we break the phrase down, we might come to understand it more. Give, of course, is the verb. It is a one-way transaction. It is a gift. There's nothing you do to deserve it. Us is not exactly me or my, so we're praying for our own personal bread, but we're also praying that our neighbor might be fed. This day, we're asking God to take care of us today and each day. And bread, whether super spiritual bread or ordinary, always-on-the-counter bread, is a staple of our existence. Lord, give us what we need to live spiritually, physically practically in every way there's an old eastern orthodox translation that reads give us this day the bread that we need we pray for what we need no more no less if i'd written this sermon two weeks ago it would have looked very different if i were to write it two weeks from now it would look very different these are strange times But as Ecclesiastes reminds us, there is nothing new under the sun. This is not the first time God's people were unable to worship together in God's house. This is not the first time God's people felt isolated from one another. This is not the first time the church has had to scramble in order to figure out how to keep going. But it is the first time for us. And that can feel frightening, uncertain, and lonely. In the Exodus, God provided quail and manna in the wilderness. For years, the people woke up to their day's portion of food lying on the grass like dew. If they hoarded it, it turned sour. If they took what each day brought them, they somehow miraculously discovered that it was enough. Jesus asks us to consider the small miracles that God grants us each day. If I were to add my own from this past week, it would include fresh air and warm sunshine on my skin, the flowers opening up to springtime in our backyard, the miraculous gift of internet and social media, I never thought I would count social media as a gift, and the beauty of a FaceTime phone call between two best friend toddlers on a weekday afternoon. In any other season of my life, I would have taken all of these for granted. They would seem ordinary, like a slice of whole wheat toast on the morning. But this week, they were like the manna that fed my soul in a dry and weary place. And even though I want and pray for more, for the ordinary joys of a church building filled with people of every generation, for the day when I can shake a new friend's hand or hug my visiting parents around the neck, I know that what I have today is enough. Even though we are apart, even though we miss the ordinary pleasures of life, it will be made well again. Tomorrow there will be some new manna, ordinary or super spiritual, fresh on the ground. Somehow, God will provide. I believe it. Please pray with me. Lord, you have always given bread for the coming day. And though I am poor, today I believe. Lord, you have always given strength for the coming day. And though I am weak, today I believe. Lord, you have always given peace for the coming day. And though anxious of heart, today I believe. Lord, you have always kept me safe in trials. And now tried as I am, today I believe. You have always marked the road for the coming day. And though it may be hidden, today I believe. Lord, you have always lightened this darkness of mine. And though the night is here, today I believe. Lord, you have always spoken when time was ripe. And though you be silent now, Today, I believe. Amen. Second Presbyterian Finding Direction by Following Jesus.